Hi, everyone, and welcome to the New Selling of Sales podcast. I'm your host, Marty Holmes. My guest today is Brian Holkstein. Brian received his PhD from Florida State University, and he's currently an associate professor of marketing in the Culverhouse College of Business at the University of Alabama. And prior to this role, he worked in industry as a sales executive at Time Warner Media. Brian teaches undergraduate principles of marketing and master level sales courses designed to bring real world topics into the classroom. He uses a mix of online and in-person tools and facilitates courses where students engage with industry partners to help develop relevant job skills and those really important professional networks that lead to quality employment opportunities. In addition to teaching, Brian's co-author of a textbook, Marketing Strategies, in its eighth edition at Cengage Publishing. He's an expert on connecting current marketing practice to the classroom, which improves the relevance of student learning, and his research appears in multiple journals. So we're so happy to have you on our podcast today. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Marty. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting topic here, I think. We're going to spend most of our time talking about master level sales leadership. And I know you have a lot of plans in place, as well as some ideas for the future. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you tell yeah. our listeners about that. Yeah, so it's been kind of an interesting topic that's developed. I, I just, you mentioned an associate professor just recently tenured. Um, which allows me now to kind of transition. Yeah, thank you. But it allows me to kind of figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life now. So, mm -hmm. um, and one of those things has been, is I've been teaching in our master's sales program and we, we have developed a concentration, but I want to take it to a, a bigger level than what it is right now. Right now, it's just some classes and it's, you know, it's good classes, but I think it can be more. So one, one deficiency I saw in, in the students that take my classes at a master's level here at Alabama is that at the end of my of the end of taking my classes, there isn't a clear path to why did they do that if they want to go into sales. Like they end up getting relatively the same jobs they might have gotten if they were doing an undergraduate sales program, right? So um, I thought there needs to be something more with that. Plus, mm -hmm. if you add in the idea that industry, of course, always wants to support our sales programs because they like to hire our graduates, but um, many companies are either startup and growing and need to develop talent in the leadership realm, or many companies are you know, losing qualified people and might want to find a new way or people are going to be retiring or whatever, right? They might want to develop a more of a leadership program where they're, you know, feeding like a leadership path within their company. I actually give credit to the company EJ Gallo. There may be others that do this, but I sat in on a presentation they did and kind of their, their, their hiring, um, idea for students coming out of undergrad sales programs is to plug them into a path that's like a three or four year path of uh, leadership skill building, starting at the lowest level and working through a variety of different jobs to learn kind of from the ground up, mm -hmm. but with a plan at the end of it that they will end up in a variety of different places that they get to pick a path as they go forward in their career. And I thought that was really unique. Um, there may be others that do that too. I, I think it's not the only one, but that's one I'm most aware of. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought if you could do that at a master's level and you could use these really smart and you know motivated and engaged students that are interested to learn about sales but are also post you know they've got their undergraduate degree they're working on a master's degree so they've they've self-identified that they they have a bigger picture for their their career mm -hmm. and their future um if we could connect those students throughout the program and then into their jobs with a comp with companies 
that see that, see that there's a, a real resource here mm -hmm. that they could be developing the le future leadership of their company, you know, that would be kind of a cool thing. So that's been kind of the vision. Um, it's Makes mainly to, mainly to solve the problem of for students of why am I taking a master's level sales program? And the answer would be to get a better job, right? So I mm -hmm. think that was the original question I'm trying to answer. There's some really good things that that come from that for companies and you know the university and stuff too, but but it's right. more just for that. So that was kind of my mission, and and all of the pieces are slowly but surely falling into place. And now this will be our first year of the full concentration starting this fall. So it's not really a, a completely developed program yet. I'm I'm starting an advisory board um, with five companies to bring in, we're gonna involve some STEM companies and some different, you know, we're gonna try and get some some advisors to help us figure out what this program should really be trying to accomplish and how it should do it. Wow. Um, but in the path of trying to figure this out, I've also done some investigation of the market and um, talked to several educators and several people in industry. Um, a lot of people have probably been on your podcast. Um, and some of them are actually gonna be a part of my advisory team uh, some really well-known people that that i think are going to bring some real in really some mm -hmm. visibility to this idea but what we found out is there really isn't a program much like this in in the us or abroad that we know of i mean there's there's a few universities that are doing master's level and may have a program um and there may be one or two that i'm not super aware of yet but there's nobody specifically doing what we're doing so i i'd like this to be kind of a, a prototype and a leadership of, of this area. So the USCA does a great job leading our undergrad programs and setting standards and stuff. Right. Um, and I've talked to them a little bit and some of their leaders and there's just interest around around a lot of different places that, well, how does that master's education fit into that, right? And then it also is gonna lead to then PhD education if we get more of these master's level programs, some of those students will, will be interested to do sales research as a career and academic career too. So, right. so it's right. kind of a whole like, feeder thing you know the the, the students mm -hmm. could come to my program either from our undergraduate program um anywhere um so I, I think we'll have some opportunities to recruit from other good programs that don't have a master's level one so my program will take them in a new direction it takes them beyond the the kind of transactional sale and the what a lot of sales programs i'm teaching into a you know more of a leadership kind of perspective on sales um and so we think we can recruit from a lot of different places, but but also it's it's it should be kind of a a prototype that maybe other universities would want to then develop. You know, somebody out there like Baylor and a few other schools started these these sales programs years ago, right. and now there's hundreds of them, right? I don't think there'll be hundreds of master's levels sales leadership programs, but there could be more. There's a lot of schools that are positioned well to to kind of add something. So I, I plan to work as just a you know, a partner across universities, whoever wants to do this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. we'll try and develop it here and, and figure out how it works well. And then if other schools want to do it, there, there might be interest if it works well here. So yeah. that's kind of what we're doing. And um, interest from industry, interest from the university, interest from other universities, interest from students. Just talked to a student from a, a school not here. Um, yesterday, I actually had a short Zoom call, had heard about our program and is going to come here because of the program, because very interested to uh, continue, in that case, an undergraduate sales education to a different level. Um, right, so right. We'll get a mix and, and students from the engineering, communication, marketing, finance, real estate, all different stuff will be in the program. So it'll be interesting. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, agribusiness uh, programs down in your area? Be honest i don't know um i don't think so i don't think alabama has much here on that and i think maybe i'm just gonna say i don't know okay yeah <laughs> i'm learning there. about a couple of those and i'm thinking that also might be a good uh, uh feeder 
program. Yeah. As well. There's, well, every every industry out there has sales, but you're right. That's um, right? You know, and, and, and engineering is one that I've heard of a bunch mm-hmm. of different areas. So I've talked to our people here in that area. But yeah, we'll try and expand it. We're also not trying to grow a really large program. Um, we're trying to grow a very selective program over time that will be a, a core group of a cohort of students that go through, get to work with our sponsor companies, like many good sales programs do, but in an even right. deeper level, working in projects and things. Um, and I don't want, it's not a intended to be a program of large scale. It's intended to be a program of high quality and gotcha. selectiveness. So yeah, um, yeah. students hopefully in, in the future will you know, need to apply and then be accepted you know, based on their merit. So um, we'll see how that all plans out right now. Sure. We're just trying to get it going and really start our first year and be successful at our first year of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I only know of a couple of master sales programs currently in existence. And I, I do know that that's a, a big need. And uh, plus, like you said, what's the there, there really isn't a clear path and, and why would a student want to get into a master's program? You know, what's the, what's the potential outcome and the benefit for them? So you've just outlined some tremendous ideas and I think yeah. we're working with companies, um, you know, getting into the real world before you're actually hired. Uh, it's just a win-win, not only for the, the companies that are you know, go- going to be involved, but for the students as well. Um, it's kind of like a apprenticeship idea for uh, a leader in a way yeah. when you work. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun to develop. And there are others. I wasn't trying to say we'd be the only one. Oh, I know. Um, but just, I only um, know of a couple, really. And then it just hasn't cool. been a like a systematically developed kind of thing um and, and i think there's and the nice thing about being an academic is there's not we're not in competition with each other so it's not exactly. like i'm selling for one company and you're selling for another and i have to do better than you i mean we can all work together there's plenty of plenty Absolutely. of room for it for everybody mm-hmm. so um that's kind of the plan it just kind of slowly and uh in a purposeful way build this out and maybe get some other universities involved and you know maybe there's some mm-hmm. some different level competitions or something in the future and you know all these things that we did in the undergrad world maybe just at a different level for masters might make uh, sense right yeah the so, competition idea yeah. is interesting as well um yeah and if you developed that then then you could set like a benchmark for others to follow yeah it seems like there's a few competitions out there that might be interested in some of these mm-hmm. things so there's mm-hmm. a good discussion going on you know between a group and hopefully through this podcast that will continue to grow um, between industry yes. leaders industry thought leaders, you know, some authors of books and consultants and stuff, but also industry leaders and academic leaders that are really leading the, the sales education space. So right. I think as long as we have that discussion going, it's good for the whole overall world, totally, I guess, or whatever, totally I don't know, the whole, what everybody's yeah. trying to do sales. It's good yeah. for all of us, right? Totally agree. Now, um, before we started our podcast, you and I were chatting for a few minutes and you were talking about um, how we need to rethink a lot of the undergrad level sales education yeah well i think any i i I just i think anything we're teaching about sales at any level is uh i don't want to blanket say everybody needs to rethink Mm -hmm. it because probably a lot of schools have already rethought it but um when i look at materials out there when i i see the stuff that we i think we're doing at a lot of the schools that i have some insight into um i also do a lot of research um and i've spent a lot of time working with companies the last many years here Mm -hmm. and i still am doing that and I really become a kind of a thought leader as an academic in the space of this thing called customer success management. If you talk to me, it always comes up, but right. I don't want to talk about that too much today. That's just a kind of relationship management. Can I, way of yeah. Doing it. yeah. 
Can I put a plug in since you mentioned customer success manager, Brian wrote a, a very interesting article and uh, it appears in the 2022 SEF annual on customer success management and the role itself. Oh, you can't yeah. see it because I have That's a filter right. on my background here. In my desk, right here. I yeah. keep copies here of it to go, give guys. out to people. I've handed it out all over. So, yeah. um, well, but so, not uh, to go too far down the customer success rabbit hole. And yes, you should please look up the SEF annual magazine. Not only my stuff, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Thank you. Um, but from studying that, I realized the way companies are selling is different than many of our programs are teaching it. And I don't, and maybe it's, I don't want to be pejorative about that because I, I don't right, know what everybody's right. teaching, right? But, but um, companies are looking at sales in a pre-sale and a post-sale type distinction, which would be hunter-farmer mm -hmm. somewhat, right? Which mm -hmm. a lot of programs have, but then they're even getting more granular in within that. So as I look at our program here at Alabama and how we teach it, our, like our master's program, um, I, I teach a pre-sale class, which is all hunter type activities, finding, identifying who might be clients, what are my products, all that kind of stuff. What is my value proposition? And, and then connecting with those clients, those prospects, uh, doing all this needs analysis and everything. So a lot of us are teaching that and, and just right. getting to the point of selling and making them a customer. And that's where, that's like one whole like class. Mm -hmm. And then another class though, is then how do I, what do I do after that? I have these customers um, and, and what do I do with those customers to yeah. keep them, which is also not a new idea, but we often tend to teach that all together. And in reality, in a lot of companies and probably the getting to be majority of companies, there aren't that many salespeople that do all of that stuff, right? So they do it separately. Right. So I try and slow it down and break it up between pre and post sale to really mm -hmm. teach in detail and in depth. Like if you take this kind of job, this is the kind of stuff you're gonna be doing. And I don't know that that's like revolutionary to all sales programs, but it, it, if you start then having a whole semester to work on post sales activities, you can get into a lot of the newer things like customer success management, um, different ways you can use uh, product use data to predictively know how well your customers are doing with your product, which is a customer mm -hmm. success thing, but also works for sales um, to help them then use customer education type approaches to help your customer. And even when we say customer, we often think one salesperson, one customer, or a few salespeople and a few team of buyers or you know a bunch of a couple of people like a dozen in an organization and a dozen that's about it but really a customer these days is like maybe a thousand end users of a product and a ceo and a chief financial officer and, and a team of buyers and some other it might be a whole variety of different levels and you know we can start talking about those type of things which is where industry is these days i mean yes. if, if you attend some of the industry type stuff i've been to recently industry is talking about using technology to be able to to get a personality profile of everybody in your buying organization just using their digital footprint there's 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 companies that do that mm -hmm. um, and then if you can get that personality profile you can then sell differently to different members of the team and different people in the organization and you can tailor things which is things we teach but we don't we don't have the time to teach it in that level so so if you I just see apart. sales as being more of a, if you talk about pre-sale stuff you, and in one course, you can really get deep into how you do that with sales enablement tools and the most current things. If mm -hmm. you teach another course on post-sales activities, you can get deep into that. So that's 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 kind of what I've been doing here. And I'm, I'm just finding there's more and more things you can plug into those classes if you have the time to do it. So I kind of see that as a big distinction that would be good for sales programs going forward and good for materials that we have. Because mm -hmm. um, they're very different activities that occur in, in pre and post sales. And 
again, that's not a new topic. Hunters and farmers been around for a long time. A lot of good people have done research on it and written right. books about it and all that. Um, but what we do in those roles now is drastically changing from, you know, where it was even five years ago. So, um, so that's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, um, not every person fits into either or role or both. And so by breaking it out, I can see uh, from a student perspective, giving them an opportunity to really get uh, into what the pre-sale versus the post-sale role is, and then identify themselves right. as to where they would be the best fit. Well, and the reality is hunter and farmer don't really cover what most companies are doing anymore. Right. And most, in most companies, a pre-sale role is probably a business development rep and there's mm -hmm. pros and cons to that. And you can certainly discuss if that's a good or bad idea, but there are business development reps. Uh, and then there's going to be some sort of acquisition salesperson that's out there. There may be some other supporting roles in there that are different types of sales. Mm -hmm. There could be as many as three or four people in that pre-sales process, right? right Onboarding right. people are different than the sales people are different than the people post-sale so that even the transition might be a whole group of people doing that job, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you get to post-sale, well, there is salespeople there still, and they, they may be retention salespeople that work on existing contracts. There may be ones that work for expansion type stuff that are different than the, the retention ones. And then there may be these customer success managers that work on the product use type metrics to make sure the customer is getting value and quantifying value. Mm -hmm. And there may be a whole bunch of other people too. So there could easily be three or four different people there. I see companies every day that have seven, eight different people is part of what used to be like my one job when I worked at Time Warner as a salesperson, right? I did all of that myself, right? And, right. and today I, I've been in offices of companies where there'll be eight people that do my job all in pieces, yeah. right? Which gets at your point though, and when I say that is because if I'm a student and I'm trying to figure out where I fit, mm -hmm. first I can figure out, well, do I like the idea of long-term relationships or more short-term like you know, right. a, a, a nice transactional thing. type business. Mm -hmm. And then when I get into that, like, where do I, where do I fit in there? Um, and there's a bunch of different roles in those areas too, that are, that are clearly different when you look at them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the students can start figuring out. And I think it also opens up our opportunities with undergraduates to expand our programs if we want, um, because there's a lot of students that are not interested in the sales program because they don't want to be closing sales, asking for money, mm -hmm. asking those kind of hard questions, but otherwise they're excellent. They have a great personality for it. They really love building right. relationships. They get fulfillment from working with people and helping mm -hmm. people see their goals come together, all that kind of stuff. And there's roles in sales now that are do just that, but don't ask for the money. Right. So right. if we start adding those kind of things to our curriculum going forward, there's going to be new people that will be willing to come in mm -hmm. and they're good paying jobs. They're open all over. The, oh. I literally just talked to somebody in Atlanta two days ago that wants to get involved in our program because they're just, you know, of course, hard to hire anywhere, but they need mm -hmm. to develop feeder programs for these customer success roles that are paying 80, $90,000 a year and, mm -hmm. and good jobs. And, and, and it pulls from a different pool of people than our traditional sales program. So I see some real future in that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, uh, helping the students to understand and identify uh, one thing you said just hit me is about, you know, a lot of 
individuals, not just students, but people in general have such a negative view of sales. They don't really understand that it's not always going out and asking for the clothes and, and pushing things through. And when, when, in my mind, when students get to see that sales is almost like being a, a consultant for the service or the product that your company offers and helping the client, the customer figure out uh, how do I, how do I use this to my advantage? And am I getting enough? Am I getting the advantage out of it? What am I missing? Uh, is there more here than I'm seeing? And, and that's where I, I do believe, especially when it comes to young women, when they hear that, you know, it's being an advisor and, and a colleague with your company, your client, yeah. um, they get really interested in that because it's, it's, you know, to use a simple term, it's like being a helper. Yeah, a coach. And, and, yes, a, a, coach. a guidance counselor, a yes. whatever, a, an educator, yes. mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Lots of things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you also mentioned something about um, the the current way that sales management is taught, and I we're not talking about at the master level now. We're still talking undergrad because you know if you look at a a standard uh, course list in many uh, universities you'll see a sales management course as part of a undergrad program and so you have yeah. mentioned something about that i'd like for you to get in a little deeper yeah yeah and i'll try to do that um and i think it can fit at both so i don't really see a huge distinction between master and undergrad in the topical areas it's just how we go about you know what we expect what 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 we're doing within that topic right Good so point. Good i mean point. i'm going to teach the same kind of stuff the same mm -hmm. foundations because it's not different but um anyways so for sales management just the the way that i'm a thing that I see being missed again, and not in all programs, because I don't know all programs, but right. and, and the way I see industry being organized, that's probably more where I see it, is um, the, the pipeline that salespeople manage is really key to what they do every day, right? I mean, that's just mm -hmm. that regardless of what role they play in sales, if it's BDR, or a, uh, you know, a, a hunter salesperson or whatever, or, or a farmer, um, they have some kind of pipeline that they're working, right. some kind of system, and it's typically CRM based of some in some way. It can be have lots of enablement tools and stuff that go with it to mm -hmm. help them with that. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be their whole day is based on some sort of pipeline tool that's helping them manage their pipeline, forecast their pipeline, remember what to do with their pipeline, all that. Right. <laughs> so we teach sales management, and I haven't taught sales management, full disclosure, um, but I've looked at sales management books over the years, and I. I we teach a lot of things like territory management, um, compensation planning, selection, things things like that are a big part of the curriculum, right? And I think all of that was important in a prior era. Um, I don't believe many of our students leaving our sales programs are going into jobs where they are designing territories, selecting employees, and, and designing compensation systems. Um, right. A lot of that is being worked through data these days, analytics, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and through higher level management. And that is not in the control of low level sales managers. And even, even if it was, most of our students aren't going directly into those jobs anyways. Okay. So, right. and right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way it was. It's just, that may have been the case in small companies and stuff in the past that it was more local, but it's more, much more centralized to higher levels. And when I worked at Time Warner, even 10 years ago, right. And it's certainly the case for a lot, maybe not true in startups and things. So you could find exceptions, but, and sure, I'm not saying course. we don't teach those things. Point is, salespeople are, are living a pipeline, right? How do you do your pipeline better every day? And we can teach them that, but wouldn't it make more sense in our sales management 
to teach a little bit of that. So they get the, they think about, okay, I've learned about pipeline management and I could learn a little bit more about how I use that technology in a sales management class, managing my business as a salesperson, but then also in that same class, show them the other side of that curtain, right? How does your manager look at your data aggregated with the data of other people like yourself that you work with, your peers, your coworkers? Mm -hmm. um, and then how does that person's manager look at all of the different units? And how does the CEO look at that data? And how does that become this like nice predictive system that we use to forecast our sales and our production and all of that kind of stuff. And, and certainly not saying you wouldn't include some things about what are ways to motivate salespeople, but working that into how would you use the data of a CRM system as a manage, as a local sales manager, working with five or six salespeople where you probably started your career, when you jump over the line and become the manager, now you're looking at CRM from the other side of the system. What's there? And then with what's there, how do I motivate? How do I select the right people to do it? How do I maybe compensate if I have that ability? How do I do different things? Good sales management strategy that we're already teaching, but tie it into that CRM system in the pipeline that my salespeople are trying to manage, right? And if I can do that better as a manager, if I can help use all these strategies we have as for sales management to help my employees better manage their CRM system and their pipeline and, and they'll sell more, mm -hmm. then I'll be an effective manager, okay? So the difference is, it's just a perspective of a sales student learning, hey, this pipeline stuff is for real. I have to do this busy work, it seems, but it will help me. They may buy that, but then if they can see why it also helps their management to better, I mean, we can look at the management side as enemy, hopefully not, to see, teach yeah, them why not. it's important to everybody in the company mm -hmm. so you can all make more money, right? I mean, that's the exactly. idea, right? So exactly. I think that's how I'd like to be teaching. We're, we're starting our first new sales management class in this in spring of 23. That's our plan. We're going to try and teach it around the pipeline. It's the central key and probably not a terrible amount about the salesperson side because they'll already know some of that, but a little all refresher right. in that and then say, okay, now step into your manager role. What are we going to do with this information at this mm -hmm. step and at this step mm -hmm. and at this step and at this step and what are some strategies we can use to do that better and, and how can we motivate our people and how can we select the right ones and so that's that's a tweak on where it is but I, I don't know that I've seen too many sales management textbooks that are there at this point or, or sales management courses and well, I don't spend my whole day looking at them either so there probably right. are some out there doing it and I'm glad they are right right yeah well um <clears throat> practically every sales role has changed so much just in the last three plus years and, and of course yeah. prior prior to that the bigger companies and the ones that have really embraced the the data and technology side of sales but i think what we're finding now is that the companies that did not go there prior to covid and the pandemic and the changing environment of the way we do business they're they're pretty much being forced to take a look at that so there's going to be in my mind a greater need for an individual who does understand the the data and the pipeline and how to manage that plus manage yeah. their people I, I totally agree i see it as the future of what um mm -hmm. what we should be doing and teaching all this stuff and i do agree with what you said it has changed in the last three years mm -hmm. the stuff i was studying with the most innovative companies since I started here at Alabama six years ago and until today, um, just was accelerated to many more companies through this pandemic thing, right? So right. Um, I really tried very hard to like figure out what's being, what's the best 
practice what are they doing out there right now mm -hmm. and i spent a lot of time doing that and then the the pandemic actually took me out of that a little bit more because there weren't so many people going to visit and see and talk to about that but right. um but then as, while that was happening many companies started adopting these practices that i'd been looking at and now i'm getting calls from like I get almost every week an inquiry from a, a big company that you would have heard of that's mm -hmm. adopting something that I've done a research paper on or something. Um, right. So it's it's coming around. I mean, that's what I'm trying to tell people uh -huh. is mm -hmm. you can want to keep teaching and I'm not saying they all are, but you, the sales world has changed, right? Our sales programs haven't all changed yet. Um, they will be changing because our sponsors are going to need them to change, yeah. right? So I'm just trying to say, it, let's yeah. do it. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to do in my master's program. And I think the things we're doing there can be you know elsewhere used too but um right. how is sales being looked at for real in the real world and then how can we teach deal students to be ready for that that's all i'm trying to do terrific terrific ideas um i know this is going to be of interest to lots of folks we've got just a couple more minutes yep i did want to touch just a moment on this uh, uh the acronym srcc your first sales researchers collaboration consortium and yeah, SEF's big into research. Our research grant call is still open till July 15th. But I'd like to just really, really quickly, I know, um, if you could just let everyone yeah. know about this idea and the fact that it is happening. Yeah, I want to tell you about this. And um, the the idea started during the pandemic, um, talking with one of our former doctoral students here does sales research at a virtual conference. And he was explaining how it's been very difficult to build a network in a COVID world and a disconnected world, mm -hmm. um, a connected but disconnected world. And I said, well, it's not that terribly hard, but hey, when this clears up a little bit, why don't we, I just get together some of my coworker, co-author friends and we'll meet in a hotel somewhere and have a weekend, you know, research yeah. camp. That was the yeah. general idea. From that, we developed a sales sales researchers collaboration consortium, SRCC. Um, and the idea behind it is to work with new assistant professors, not PhD students, those that are starting in their jobs early in their career um, that are doing specifically sales research, mm -hmm. bring them into a network of mentors and established different career stage people mm -hmm. that are very interested in doing high quality sales research um, and maybe not all you know marketing science papers but definitely shooting for good and, and working throughout the spectrum mm -hmm. but trying to bring bring um, new people that are doing sales research into a network that will help to encourage all of us to do better sales research to do more sales research to work together on more and innovative and relevant projects to bring industry into that mixture more um, and to really try and have this kind of think tank of sales research that brings people in at the beginning of their careers when they're most motivated to do research and helps to establish some really good practices, right? So that's the kind of the idea we uh, are doing. We did a trial run last year at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and we had 16 people there and it was great. We loved it. It was also a fun event and you get to know each other really well. Yeah. We brought back some community that has been missing last mm -hmm. few years. So that was mm -hmm. cool. Part of the goal. Uh, second goal. And then we're doing our first official one post COVID or hopefully post COVID um, <laughs> at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga this fall. And we I we, we're going to only take 30, we might have up to 30 this year of these early career sales researchers, just because nobody's ever really done this before. Right. In the future, there won't be 30 because there just aren't that many being produced every two years. We plan mm -hmm. to do this every other year. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to bring in a, a good team of mentors, a good team of former attendees that are managing their career and moving through it over time. And every two years have a, a meetup where we're going to get together and do nothing but focus on sales research. And 
uh, at this first one and probably going forward, we, we have a clear publishing goal for like groups of people from this conference so that we will be developing some articles and some top people will be helping to marshal those through the process of getting published. So people that attend will be on projects with some key people that will have a high likelihood of you know getting a publication and learning from the process, really deliberately learning about sales research. So that's kind of the, um, I mean, I know we don't take much more time, but one last thing, um, one thing I identified early is in sales research, there's a lot of great people doing a lot of great research. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a fair amount of them, if you start thinking about it, are at schools that don't grant PhDs. Uh, so a lot of sales researchers come from schools where there aren't specific faculty for sales, or there may be one or something. Right. So it's, I've been really interested to try and serve that need so through mm -hmm. other means to like the ncsm conference um and, and through this just trying to get together a group of people that are interested in doctoral sales research and then mm -hmm. early career is also an underserved area you know bringing in, and you mentioned there's all different ways to make that a diversity thing and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff as we go forward but mm -hmm. the first one official one starting this fall we're looking forward to it it should be a great time and, and, and just looking forward to see it'll be kind of a cool thing to watch all these careers develop over time and, and be a part of that yeah. so yeah one of our core missions uh has always been to uh raise awareness of the sales sales research and encourage more students to yeah. consider getting a phd in sales because there there's uh, obviously that great need um that you just spoke about yeah well so, it seems there's some momentum building in all these areas mm -hmm, so we'll keep is. it going as much as we can it's exciting yeah. um so if someone listening to this or viewing the uh, video is interested in getting in touch with you about the SRCC, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Go to LinkedIn? Yeah, so or, I mean, there's two obvious LinkedIn. I'm there and I'm quite active and I respond to messages. I'll probably tell you to email me or just Google University of Alabama marketing faculty. And my last name's Hookstein and I'm there. So you can find all my contact info instead of just listing it Perfect. out. But I'm not really hidden very well. You can find me pretty easily in both places. So, well, you know, it doesn't serve you to be hidden. Right, right, you know, so, you got to be. And I'm happy. I, I talk, I'm happy to talk to anybody if you have questions. I mean, I, I got to fit it into my time, but companies too you know we're looking for companies for the srcc to ultimately mm -hmm. become involved and maybe become data sources that are in, you know that are interested in research so it's an develop a developing and evolving thing both all of the stuff mm -hmm. i'm doing so anybody that has good thoughts and wants to talk about them i'm very open to that that's how i learn and that's how we all make this a better thing exactly exactly well i'll tell you brian this has just been so interesting and and uh thank you again for taking your time here and the end of june and and uh letting our listeners and our viewers know a little bit about what's happening not only in sales but in sales research and also at the university of alabama so yeah. roll tide you. gotta yeah, say it. roll tide roll tides thanks again brian and uh, i can't wait to hear more from you sounds good thank you marty really appreciate it everything you do and that the sef does too so thank you for the opportunity thank you see you later yep